This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Uh, was, uh, that wasn't embarrassing. I just, we stood out a little bit last night because we didn't wear white to the game. I didn't, I guess I forgot about it or didn't get the, the true memo or ignored it or didn't pay attention, but I didn't wear, we didn't wear white to the ball game last night. So we mm. kind of stood out in the crowd a little bit. I'm sorry. Well, that's all right. And that's why I wore red. I mean, so I mean, it's okay. I mean, you can never go, you can never go wrong with wearing red to a red Raider event, but I'm not being critical. I just, when we walked in, my wife's like, Oh, I guess it's a whiteout. <clears throat> so, yeah, <clears throat> I guess it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's disappointing. disappointing. Unfortunate, maybe. Unfortunate. Well, I mean, we were sitting upstairs, so it was, again, it was, it was okay. Well, you were easy to find. Yeah, no, I mean, I wasn't, and I wasn't really, quote, looking to be, to be found. Um, Just, uh, I was just hoping to see, kind of see, I was hoping to see a win last night, obviously. I mean, and I was trying to figure it out last night after I got home. I guess the last loss I saw might have been, you know, and it was in the quote after the COVID year, you know, when everybody's masked up and blah blah blah. Because obviously last year you went eighteen and zero at home, or whatever it was, you went undefeated at home. Um, the other thought that I had last night and, and this morning, just thinking about it a little bit, but really last night during the game. It, it, this this looks like a team that is coming together when you should be already together. And I'm wondering if the lack of a difficult schedule and basically playing anybody with a pulse, um, if we're paying for that now, um, you know, some are going to point to the injuries or the, you know, the not having the big fella and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just think that part of this problem right now in, from just a maybe 10,000 foot view is you didn't play anybody in the non-conference. So, you know, even though you were challenged by Nichols or some of these teams, you kind of laughed it off, so to speak. And just like, Oh, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. And I'm just wondering if you had played anybody a little bit tougher, uh, that exposed your, your lack of defensive effort. If that had been something that you would have been able to correct, in December before you got to Big 12 play? I I think that there's a lot of college basketball teams that are scheduling in a similar way. Um, would you say that in previous years our non-conference schedule has been real tough? No, but I mean... I would least say you, tougher, I, but I wouldn't say real tough. No, but I mean, at least you had a couple of games you're like, it made you... You, you kind of went into it going, ah, you know... These well, you kids. had a couple of those this year, too. In Hawaii, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you got beat. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that, I guess maybe, maybe you just kind of went, ah, it'll be all right. It's Hawaii. And it's early. <laughs> I think, I, I, th- I mean, me personally at the time, I, I think I was feeling like, oh, those are good teams. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's okay to lose to good teams. Well, I'm not okay, but you understand. Sure. That's, sure. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Um, Kind of felt like we thought they were going to be better than obviously the, than they are. Yes, absolutely, um, and I I think it's, I, I mean, I think there's talent on this basketball team. I, I just uh, 
I don't think um, they're a uber talented defensive basketball team. And I mean, from rumors that you hear, I, I don't know that they super get along. Okay. Okay. And I think all those things factor in. But uh, again, I, I just, I mean, the, the non conference slate hasn't been super tough in the past, and yeah. you've been a really good team. Yeah, and there are plenty of teams across college basketball that are scheduling very similar to what the Red Raiders are. That, that, that's fair. I was just maybe grasping at straws a little bit. I was looking for looking for something. No, that, no, I get it. You know, that would might be a little We're bit all different. trying to figure it out at this point. Uh, this had a few seconds of worry, I agree, when the big fella slipped on the sideline, thought he'd be out some more time. So what happened was, is this is late in the game, Pop Isaacs goes diving for a ball and gets and basically slides all the way across uh, the floor on the north end of the arena, the, the Red Raider bench end, and this is opposite of the bench into the front row Joe guys. And Fardos Amak <clears throat> is the one who's like running to him to help him, you know, get up, you know, just as, you know, players do, as teammates do. And then he slips and you could see him holding his left knee. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake, hopefully, hopefully he's not, he's not hurt. They ended up taking him out after a free throw and I could see him rubbing his knee a little bit on the, on the bench. And then he ended up going back in. So I think he's okay. It's just. You know, anytime the big guy goes down like that, a, a big guy goes down like that, especially one that's been injured, <laughs> you just go, not that these guys are fragile or, you know, you know, China dolls or anything, but still you kind of, it makes you, it makes you think, especially, especially with the seven footer and, and feet, you know, you always hear about the big guys having feet problem. And once, once they have one, it seems like that they always, always have one. Um, somebody says this, I agree. Nobody's showing passion and the bench is flat guys aren't even helping each other up um i i don't i mean i don't know about all of this statement here but maybe some of it is true you can tell the way mark adams is frozen in the sideline he's shell-shocked he's overwhelmed by being a head coach i don't know that he's overwhelmed by being a head coach i i just i just was surprised last night that there wasn't really much emotion out of him um and I'm sure that I'm sure that he's boiling over. It just it just st- seemed like that there wasn't it wasn't starting with him, like it has with previous coaches. And I think that's a fair whether whether I think it's a fair criticism by just a bloke like me. Uh, I like seeing a little emotion on the sideline. I like seeing a little passion. I mean, I like seeing the coach kind of. You know, you know, motion to the crowd to, hey, come on, we need we need you right now, and there, there's there's not a, there wasn't any of that last night. Uh, I th- I think he definitely showed some emotion in the Texas game, talking to his guys at one point. Um, really was get, kind of getting after him, uh, in a, at a time where it was becoming chippy in that Texas game mm-hmm. when he really uh, got after the guys. I would assume about keeping their heads and all that kind of stuff. Um. I mean, I'm never going to be a guy that cares if he's trying to get the crowd to be loud. Or I know. Not. I, I, I know. I know this is more me than you. I, yeah, I know that. I, that um, it's but, just I've been critical of others, and I feel like I should be um, equal in this. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. I, I, whether he's doing a good job or not, I, I, I don't think whether he's emotional is the difference maker. Coaches have to know. 
there are times when they get after their team and no, there no are doubt. times when they no, no doubt you know and they're closer to it and yeah i i and I, again i I've, i think i've seen him a few times i can remember one specific time in the texas game on saturday night where he really got after his guys and so um i feel like he does do that at, at times but i don't remember it last night at all uh, Jay says this, I like Surly JL. Let's jack it up a little. Do you feel Surly today? No, I mean. I don't feel like was, you're any more particularly wasn't Surly. wasn't my best night ever. I mean, <laughs> Nadal got knocked out of the Australian Open and the Red Raiders lose. I know. Yeah. I know. I was, yeah, was, when I heard that this morning on my way to work, I was like, oh, man. I don't really feel like I'm Surly about anything. Okay. I'm just um, being honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I, I I, you, I have expectations of these guys. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Let, I mean, let, let's not dance around the fact that they're highly paid athletes. Okay. They need to show up. Okay. And some of them aren't doing it consistently enough. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Today is uh, January the 18th, 2023. Here is Jeff McGuire. So when you think of basketball... You think of a five-on-five game, right? Sure. Back and forth in a gym somewhere with a basket. Yeah, three and three on the driveway. Right. Well, in 1896, the very first college basketball game with five players on each side is conducted by the University of Iowa. They invite students, athletes from the University of Chicago for an experimental game. Mm. Chicago beats Iowa 15-12. to And they were five on five? Five on five. And what year was that? 1896. You know, my mother would tell me stories about how they played. There was six on the court, mm-hmm. and it was three on each side. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't go. The girls couldn't go across the half, half court. Across half court. Yeah, yeah. either offense or defense, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So that's weird. 1950, Indians pitcher Bob Feller didn't have a great season. He went 15 and 14. He takes a $20,000 salary cut to $45,000 for the year. The pay cut was his own suggestion. <laughs> wow. You don't see that today. What do was you? the ZRA? Because, I mean, maybe, maybe the 14 losses weren't his fault. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe but again, up. the $20,000 pay cut was his idea. Maybe he was a hard luck loser like 12 times, Chuck. Mm-hmm. That's a generous man. And maybe guys couldn't couldn't uh, contribute when they had runners mm-hmm. in scoring position. Maybe and converting on the offense. Maybe on days that we don't have a funny a funny show or we get some of the facts wrong, mm-hmm. that we should go down the hall and offer to give back part of our salary nah. to the boss. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be broke. <laughs> yeah, what would we do that? My bill would just get bigger. The carpet would be worn out. We would have to pay to work here. Carpet, yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's true. We're saving him money on the carpet. On the carpet. The new carpet. Yeah, that's good thinking. 1951 NFL Rules Committee is pretty busy. Uh, they uh, rule that tackles, guards, and centers are now ineligible for a forward pass. And because they didn't have anything else to do, they took control of the failing Baltimore Colts. Okay. 1963, one of uh, Chuck's least favorite people on the planet, Hmm. Al Davis, becomes the head coach and general manager of the Oakland Raiders. Sometimes you have to have people that you love to hate. 
Al Davis was kind of one of those guys. Was he? Yeah. You love to hate him? Yeah. I mean, you've got it. I mean, it's all about, uh, you know, uh, it's all about you know, kind of the compassion of sports, right? I have long stated that the stupidest decision in sports was Jimmy Carter telling the U.S. Olympic athletes that they couldn't go and compete in the Winter Olympics. Was that this? That is Summer Olympics. The second stupidest decision in sports got rectified today mm. in 1983 when the IOC restored Jim Thorpe's Olympic medals, the pentathlon and decathlon uh, victories, 70 years after they were taken from, from him for being paid $25 to play semi-pro baseball, which is not a sport in either the pentathlon or the decathlon. Unfortunately, Jim Thorpe had already passed away. Sure. So, again, second stupidest decision in sports because they at least got it right. <clears throat> I don't know that uh, I don't know that, that would put the, that. There's been a lot of stupid decisions. I, not that I have a, a ranking of them. I don't know that I would put that as number two. I would say I definitely, I don't know if it wins the gold, but he's definitely on the medal stand is Gus Farratt, uh lowering his head and slamming it into a concrete wall. When he was quarterbacking the Rod Washington Redskins, <clears throat> that would that'd be one. <laughs> I tend to uh, that'd be, that'd think be that's one. pretty dumb. Mm -hmm. When I'm ranking stupidest decisions in sports, it's the organizations that made them as opposed to individual players. Yeah. How about um, the Knicks hiring Isaiah Thomas as their GM? That's no. probably in the top ten. Yeah. No. <laughs> but again, that affected one team, not an entire league or organization. Uh, Sport, I guess the way to put it. Like the IFC and Jimmy Carter. Yeah, in defense of them, nobody knew I, anybody could be that bad at being a GM. 1996. Baseball owners unanimously approve interleague play in 1997. I, I'm still a little. I'm still a little bitter with that. No. I just. I just. I just don't like it. Right. To the to the level that it is now, I do. I know. I, and I think that everybody should play everybody every year. And I'm, more, I'm warming more to that. I think I, 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 I could I could see that. <clears throat> Just I'm warming to that. And in 2017, Baseball Hall of Fame adds Jeff Bagwell, Tim Raines, and Pudge Rodriguez to their hall. Well, you got uh, you got two no guys. No roids there. <laughs> two guys there. You just kind of go. Nothing to see here. Huh? Roger Clemens is like, uh, what about yeah. me? Yeah. Well, Bagwell and Pudge never tested positive. Their names weren't in the report. Uh, Roger Clemens ever test positive? His wife did, but Roger Clemens didn't. I don't know that Barry Bonds did either. Both of their names weren't both of their names in the Mitchell report, though. Who, who, the Mitchell Report means nothing. I, they released certain names and not others. I, I don't that agree has with no you. bearing on anything. They released people's names that they didn't like. Exactly. No, they released teams that weren't in the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Well, they, they, again, I go back to if Bud Selig's in the Hall of Fame, then all of them can be in the Hall yeah, of Fame. That, that's when I flipped. When they let the, the commissioner who allowed it to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's National Gourmet Coffee Day. Completely out. Just I just like my Folgers, not tricked up, you know, not latte, venti, anything like that. Just a cup of coffee, please. 
It's also something I've never had but always wanted to try mm. and don't want to make because of the cost of it that it would probably financially ruin me. But Peking Duck Day. It's basically a roast duck that's been around, like the recipe has been around since like the 1300s. Were you one of those turducken people too? I would love to try a turducken. Like, I've never had duck. I'm interested in having duck. I've just never had it. Would you classify yourself as a trier of uh, of foods? Sure. That, okay. Now, I might not go for a second bite, but I'll try almost any food once. Is that what they had in the Christmas story? I'm pretty sure that was just a turkey. Uh, at the end of the movie, when the turkey gets eaten by the dogs and they go to a restaurant... And they have to chop oh, the head of the duck. I off. don't remember what they had at the Chinese food place. They may have it was had a Peking duck. It was a duck. I don't know if it was Peking or not. <laughs> Peking, K-I-N-G. I, I I love that. I thought that was really funny, Jamie. Uh, happy birthday to Dave Bautista, who's fifty-four. Kevin Costner, sixty-eight. Jason Siegel, forty-three. Leonard Fournette, twenty-eight. Mark Messier, sixty-two. And Brady Anderson, fifty-nine. And on this day in 1803, Thomas Jefferson requests funding from Congress to finance the Lewis and Clark expedition. He originally asked for $2,500 in funding from Congress, although sources indicate the expedition ultimately costs closer to $50,000. Thanks. That seems like one of those uh, expeditions that was uh, well well done and uh, well executed and uh, worthwhile, as opposed to many expeditions that just seem like... uh, things that uh, don't really end up like worth anything. But well, the, there's a reason we're still talking about the Lewis and Clark expedition right. today. True. And it's not just Sacagawea. Like there's other things that go with it. <laughs> Sacagawea. <laughs> and that is this day in sports history. All right. This day in sports history, 654 this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, somebody said this, I hate coffee and Baylor. I thought about you. Uh, not in that order. Right. Not necessarily in that order. Uh, I thought about you when you were out um, during the Christmas time period. There was one morning where my lid wouldn't fit on my coffee cup, and I I told Taylor Beatles, I go, this would this would not have been a good morning for Jamie because he tolerates the smell of coffee, but when it's open like that, it's particularly nauseating to him. It's got a certain stench to it, and I'm not a fan <laughs> right, of. Right. <laughs> So, so I was glad that was a day that I was glad you weren't here because we had open cups of coffee or open coffee and it, you know, it had a coffee smell in here. Yeah. More than, more than, I know, I know, I knew that 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 wouldn't uh, go over well. All right. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. A lot of frustration on the 8th Morning Center chat line. Um. This morning, you can uh, go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app and participate as well and uh, air out your uh, your grievances uh, with the uh, the Red Raider basketball team and hit us up there or on the benchmark hotline if you would uh, prefer to voice them if that's, uh, that's easier for you. Uh, we're going to visit with Lady Raider coach Krista Gerlich this morning at 8.30, uh, talk about her game and her team's game tonight with Texas. Um Syntex Hank asks if I'm ready to throw fists with Vic tonight. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not throwing any throwing any fists with Vic. I'm just. I'm. I'm just there to be a casual observer. <laughs> uh, 
Always. Always for you, always for you Chuck. Just a casual observer. Casual observer. I was no just, matter where you are. I was just I was just curious. I was curious what his problem was last year in Austin. <laughs> and uh and and uh, just it, it looked it looked like a little bit more than what it was. But I was just I was just curious at uh what he had to say to Coach Gurley and what he had to say to her wasn't very pleasant, but uh, they um, they responded and and won the basketball game and man if they could do that tonight that would that'd be huge that'd be huge that'd be that would be huge um, they go to uh, Morgantown on Saturday but you, you got to worry about Texas uh, tonight and uh, see uh, this man I I just don't I don't think so I mean I I, I don't know even what it would take uh, somebody says this. Chuck, do you think a change will be made at head coach? I would assume most of the assistants will change, but what about the head coach? I don't know about that. There's always assistant changes, um, it seems like. I mean, some some years you, you carry over, but sometimes people have an opportunity to go somewhere else. This coaching staff, um, you know, some of them are older, so you don't necessarily get that sense. But I'm, I'm sure that there's others on the staff that go, yeah, i got a desire to – to be a head coach someday, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, haven't haven't sat down and um, you know talked with anyone about their personal goals or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know about a, a change. You you just got a contract extension, so I mean, that'd be a lot of money that you would be paying to have a guy go away. Um, I don't know. You know, you hear all these rumors about. You know who's coaching the offense and who's not coaching the offense, and and what's going on with that. I mean, I'm not there, so you know, I'm not with the team in practice, mm-hmm. so I don't know that anybody could really know that. But it, um, it it just it just looks like a team that's not really on the same page with each other at times. At times, I, I feel like they do look like a team that cares, and I think we saw that in Austin. Uh, and I was pleased to see it. I, I think you saw a team compete last night. I, I, you know, you mentioned that they didn't play with a lot of emotion. I don't know. Maybe that's fair. Um, but I, I didn't. I didn't feel like it was a team that wasn't playing hard. No, I, I don't either. I just. Yeah. I just. Th- there just was some times where I just mm-hmm. kind of expected that that to, and maybe more more so from the sideline than 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 on the court. I uh, guess. I guess it's a positive thing with the transfer portal is that. You know, I once had a junior college coach tell me, he goes, the thing I love about coaching junior college basketball, he said, if we're bad one year, I can get rid of every one of them, start a, start over again next year. He goes, if the worst, they're here for two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of feels like that's, you know, Division One college basketball now, right? You can completely change your team uh, in a season from where you were. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to – it's like we talked about last or earlier today with the freshmen. Oh, let's play the freshmen more so they'll be better for better for next year. Are you sure they're going to be better for us, or they can be better for somebody else? Are they showcasing themselves? Yeah, for, I mean, I, we don't else. know. We just don't know. Do you think? But I do think that if you, you know, have an incredibly terrible season and like finish three and fifteen or whatever, it's going to be harder to get quality players in here to play mm-hmm. and so i think every every game matters for the 
maybe it doesn't matter for this season, but I, I think you have to be respectable if respectable if you're going to entice players to come here and play, both the high school ranks and the, the college ranks. Of course, and you, you, you can always use the sell line of, hey, obviously we obviously we had some problems last year because we won four games, five games, six games, three games, two games, whatever. And, uh, you know, there's great opportunity for you. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't want to use that that line every year. Um, somebody says this, we are very close to nosediving as a program. Yeah, that, I think that's... I think that's a bit much. I did tell the the lucky lady last night. Well, I, said, I, I mean, I I don't know that that's right, and I don't know that it's wrong. I mean, w- w- tell me which quality win you have in this here season, Chuck. Um, you, you don't have one, Jamie. Yeah, I, I mean it, it. You don't have one. It it feels as bad as it's felt in a long time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and as like somebody else said earlier, I mean, there's a lot of time and money and effort that's been poured into this men's basketball program. Mm-hmm. And you're zero and six in Big Twelve play, and you're however many games in, eighteen games in, you don't have a quality win. Um, I will say this about last night's crowd: while it was there was there were noticeable rows and rows of empty seats, especially up top. Um, I, the, the, I will say this: It was loud last night. I mean, it it was it was loud, but I mean, you're with each loss, you're going to have some diminishing returns in terms of people that are going to go. Hey, you know what? I'm just I'm not going to go tonight. You know, I mean, you've sold all the seats, but there may be some seats that open up next year. Like we have GAs, and you know, I said, well, maybe there'll be an opportunity for. Let's have reserve seats next year. Mm, that's positive. Yeah, that was it's a positive, but I mean that's mm-hmm. a negative because that means that that people were fed up with the basketball program and aren't going to renew their season tickets. Now some people die, and you know those the, you know things things open up. You know, you know some some <laughs> well, day, thankfully, fast. thankfully it went from people just don't want to go to some no, people die people, some in people, less than a minute. You know they age out. You know they're just like I'm out. You know. <laughs> It's too much of a butt ache for me to go or whatever. Um, or they just, you know, their spouse dies and they're like, okay, well, he's been dragging me to the ball game for 37 years and we're no longer married because he's dead. And <clears throat> I'm just going to, I'm going to go to my bridge club now mm. as opposed to going to the I basketball. I bet the lucky lady would still go if, if you, I think she, she enjoys going to the basketball after game. After you expire. Yeah, she, she enjoys well, it won't be any different when she goes to the game by herself because Chuck always leaves her alone. Oh, yeah. Go talk to people on the concourse. <laughs> shake hands. It's true. Good, really good point, Jeff. I did meet a number, a number of Morning Drive listeners last night. And they were all they were all very complimentary. Although one did. guy did tell me in the bathroom that he thought that I should give you a harder time. Oh, that's fair. Okay. He I don't I disagree. Give, he thought I should um, give you a harder time. Did any of them call you Stu? No, nobody I called me. I'm so st- disappointed with no, these people. Only, only one person has done that. Come on. Only one person What's has done that on so there? far. I'm, okay. I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. Uh, Josh says this. Some people move, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, there's there's that too. Move well, yeah, six they feet under. They have a whole new move, you know, <laughs> move out to, you know, the west side of town or wherever it is that you're going you're gonna to go. Go on a shelf somewhere. Uh Money causes individualism. We are a bunch of individuals, not a team. Well, and, and you also wonder, I mean, does, does the fact that one guy's getting X and one guy's not getting X, does that does that affect things? I mean, money can do strange things to people. 
Um, sure. Uh, bottom line, we're just not as good defensively. Our bigs can't guard smalls, and our guards aren't as good as aren't as good defenders defenders as we've had in the past. The problem is defense. Oh, I agree with every bit of that. Yeah. Are we looking at coaching concerns? Uh, I mean, you, look, anytime you don't win, you always look at the guys that are or the, the gals that are leading the program. And you know, my, I was going to ask you this question: Do you think basketball? coaches in general are under more scrutiny because you're closer to it and you see it uh or is it just it's a bad taste in our mouth right now because we're losing and we're, we've been used to winning and we've kind of got i'm not gonna say we've gotten spoiled by winning we've just gotten used to winning we've gotten used to going to the arena and seeing a, a team play hard and 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 win games and pull things out and now we're back to the bitter ugly taste in our mouth uh, no, I think football player or football coaches are under much more scrutiny. Okay, okay. The basketball coaches. The basketball coaches. Yeah. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T ninety seven three is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. I. We'll look back at the last, well, we'll say 10 years, Red Raider basketball. Okay. If you could have any former player to put on this team Mm. that you feel like would help this team, who would it be? Man, the first guy that comes to my mind is probably Norrin Sodiase because he's just so vocal. And I think maybe was one of those guys that is um, internally uh, as important <clears throat> as he is was externally on the court. Just in terms of leadership and not being afraid to say something to his teammates or hold them accountable and then and then going out and performing himself. Okay. See, I think Chuck hit this on the head because leadership is what we're questioning, mainly on the court. And no one ever questioned Norrance's leadership, ever. Um, I though I hate to give the same answer. So I'm going to go with... I mean, Nor- I think Norrance was a great leader, but he was never a dynamite player. He's never a dominant player for you. No, but again, it's he didn't lead by... His presence was felt with that team, even though he wasn't the best player. He was extremely well-respected with them. And still is. Yeah. Still extremely well-respected. Um, I, I mean, I think he was a great leader, no question. Tariq Owens? You get an, I, I mean, I hate to add another big man, but you're adding a big man whose big man was defense. And the tenacity that he brought with that team, I think, would also help this team. Can I... And Daniel Bacho was that guy early on in the season. But something, and obviously there was an illness there. I don't, I don't know how long this illness is affecting him. We did hear that he lost 15 pounds or something. Yeah, so surely crazy. that would. I don't know if that was being facetious or not. I mean, I'm... I think, I, mean, I, I think that was reported as truth. Okay, documented. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that surely is affecting him. But he was that early in the year. Yeah, no doubt. Can I guess who I think you're going to say? 
Go ahead. Yeah. I think you're going to say Keenan Evans. Mm-mm. No. Okay. No, I, I, I don't think. No, I, I, he would help. He's a great player, and he's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. But yeah, uh, I hate to be, you know, just recency bias or whatever. But I would have never guessed that I would have said this. But I'm going Bryson Williams. I just think consistent offense over and over again. He was more of a lead by example guy. I don't think he was a vocal guy, but I just the dude brought his lunch pail each and every night. He scored at all three levels. I, I just I mean, just the consistency that this team lacks, in my opinion, from game to game. There's just you'll have guys step up for some games and then you have a game where they're mm-hmm. quiet and you know, and somebody else plays well in that game, but they're quiet in other games. You just haven't been able to put it all together. And I think Bryson Williams was a guy that you could just pencil in every night. He's going to score 12 to 15 points for you and rebound for you and hit clutch shots, be big late in games. You know, I played that four position but would battle with fives as well. I just, man, I came to really respect. I'm I'm a big consistency guy. Mm-hmm. You know, no drama. <clears throat> just you show up to the gym, you know what you're going to get from that guy. Yeah, you show up here every day, which is filled with drama, littered with inconsistency. Maybe you're just, maybe you're consistent in your thought of, you're hopeful that maybe someday it'll change. <laughs> <laughs> what about a guy like, and I don't know how he would fare today, mm-hmm. but like Jay Crockett or Todrick Gocher? And, and, Another guy that I thought of too was uh, both great players. What about Brandon Francis? Man, of course I meant Chuck. That's my guy. I was not expecting that, but I mean, I was just throwing a name out there. Uh, a couple things from the Yates Morning Center chat line. Somebody says Matt Mooney. Mm, that's, uh, see, I like that one. PJ says Adonis <laughs> Arms. Mm. Uh, somebody says, "Well, Chuck takes the guy who scored seven points a game. I'll take Keenan Evans or Jarrett Culver." It's the Culver was what we need defensively with a big wingspan guard that could defend, you know, the one, two, three, and even sometimes the four, and um, would would help you defensively on the perimeter. And so a guy like Jarrett Culver, I think, is a really good answer. I didn't pick Keenan because I don't feel like you're. Uh, Keenan, Keenan was great taking the big shot, right? And he was a good distributor, and he could score, and all those things. I don't. I, I feel like you have enough of that right now. The, the taking the big shot thing right now it feels like that's Pop Isaac's and Pop Isaac's only. Um, but so Keenan would help in that area. But I, I just feel like the consistent score was a bigger need. Uh, somebody says ditto on Adonis Arms. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, Zaire Smith. Man, it's been so long since he's been here. It's hard to remember all that, but he was so raw offensively. Yeah. But he, man, he could that wingspan and athleticism. He could play some defense. Uh, this Paul asked this question: uh, Is Tech basically out of the postseason now? Well, I mean, you're allowed to improve. You're you're allowed to go off and win twelve in a row. They're um, also allowed to go zero and eighteen and win the conference tournament. True, right. So, <laughs> so no, no, you're not out yet. I mean, your your trajectory is not pointing in the right direction. No, it is not. It is not. <clears throat> That's fair to say. Yeah. 
you yeah. got to do some serious turning things around. Uh, this question, with the recent streak of Big 12 losses, do you see the overall picture of this program slipping away from what Beard built going to the championship game a few years ago, which is now going to be four, to reverting back to irrelevance before Beard was there? I don't think you're going to go back to irrelevance. I don't. I, I, I think you have had too much momentum, but you certainly you certainly start to lose some of your equity in terms of being able to build that. Um, but I, I, I look at, look, look at K state. I mean, a year ago, uh, you know, their coaches on the ropes, they end up firing Bruce Weber and it looks like Jerome Tang has come in there and rebuilt the thing in a, in a day. I mean, they look, they look terrific. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we could just get a guy from Florida that they said wasn't allowed to play basketball anymore because of his heart, but now he looks like LeBron James in college basketball. Yeah. That dude is stud. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to take I, a charge from that guy. I got a guy. I don't want him as a player, but I want him on the coaching staff because I think he could teach these guys. Clark Lambert teaching these guys how to take a charge. <laughs> uh, the only man who would take a charge in an inner squad game. Yeah, he's too good as a fill-in radio guy. Let's see. We can't have that. Somebody brings up Corey Carr from back in the day. Corey misses the the ten year thing that we talked about, but I love to meet some Corey Carr, combo guard that can do it all, battle on defense. Plus, he played for the Chicago Bulls. How about Justin Gray? I love the Justin Gray answer. Yeah, because Justin had was a great leader and really good perimeter defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, two different people said Justin Gray just a few seconds apart. Yeah, really and, love that answer. You know, Justin Gray, calm and poised from one person, leadership and defense from another person. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good answer. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Naeem Stevenson, spinning ball of energy, according to Dylan. <laughs> If Tang can do it in a day, we should be able to do it this year. I just think there's too much support, too much financial backing yes. for this team to fall back to where it was being irrelevant. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Uh, first, I want to talk about your team. What what do you like about this Lady Raider team uh, now that Big Twelve play has has gotten underway and and you're two and three and have had some success and and what what kind of stands out to you that you like about this team? Well, I think we're improving every game for one thing, and I, I think we're competing at a really high level. I mean, obviously, um, you know, we we started out with three top twenty five teams, but played with them very well. Um, had moments that that we didn't take care of some necessities that big you know that that experienced teams um, take advantage of and 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 that was the difference in the game but I, I love that we're gritty I love that we're competing and we're figuring out I hope how to put 40 minutes together so that we can get those wins coach maybe a little bit overshadowed has been the play of jazz shavers of late uh, she had a big 26 point game in the win over kansas state over the weekend it feels like she's playing some of her best basketball right now what are, what are you seeing as the difference for her yeah i think just experience you know i mean she's this is her first year to play collegiate basketball and 
Um, and you know, and, and I think early in the in the season, she um, did it, it. wasn't really letting the game come to her. Really, wasn't translating to the college game um, as well or as quickly as you want a freshman to at that point. But my goodness, now she is. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's figured it out. What I love is her growth. Um, she has just been mature and really coachable. Has has really taken in our. Um, you know, our constructive criticism of, of, of how she can help us be better. And, and she's done that. And in turn, it's made her play a whole lot better. Um, she's paid a lot of attention to her defense, which is fantastic because she's going to be an elite defender for us. And then she's letting the game come to her on offense instead of trying to create so much for herself. She's allowing her teammates in our offense to help her score. And my goodness, she was very, she was special at K-State. And, and you're right, it was overshadowed a little bit by, by Bree's great performance. Yeah, Jazz uh, had 26, 10 of 16 from the field, 4 of 7 from the free throw line. She's averaging almost three points better in Big 12 play than the regular year. Now let's get to Bree uh, Scott a little bit. And man, she has taken off, Coach. She had 37 against Kansas State. She's now averaging almost 24 in the Big 12. What's been the big difference for Bree from the start of the year to where you have her today? Um, consistency, you know, and I think that she is, you know, if, if you'll remember, and this is interesting, and, and not that, that I want a lot of players to do this, but, you know, if you remember, she took a little bit of a personal pause right before our season started, and she just kind of needed that, you know, to kind of get her her mind right, to, to understand that, like, this is her last year of basketball, and, um, and she's healthy, and, you know, it was kind of like a, a personal – um, inventory, if you will, of, hey, man, I've got all these things in check now. I'm ready to play. And and she's having so much fun, and she's being so coachable, and she's being a great teammate and a great leader. And uh, just the other day, I said something to her. Um, it was probably before the TCU game. It's just about, you know, I really need you to, to, to look at scoring more. I want you to, you know, you're shooting, you're taking good shots. I want you to continue to be aggressive. And she said, Coach, I just feel sometimes I feel like I'm shooting it too much. And I said, I'll let you know when you're shooting it too much. And and I think now she's like, man, my team needs me in this role. And, and I think that she's just really, um, again, having fun. Like she's smiling a lot out there on the court. And she's encouraging her teammates and just having a good time. Coach, you guys came really close to picking up a ranked win here at home last Wednesday against Oklahoma. You get another chance against Texas tonight. How big would that be for your team? Yeah, we need to get do that this year, right? I mean, each of the two years, the past two years, we've we've beat top twenty five teams, and um, and then we haven't been able to take care of of other opponents, you know, that that we should have. And so now this year, I feel like um, we just haven't put that one game together yet against a, a top-ranked team. And I think it would be very important for us. And, and we're going to have to if we want to finish high enough in the Big 12 to, to get in the NCAA because, um, you know, that, that's going to be critical for us and for our resume. So I, I think our kids are up for the challenge. They, they've shown that they can play. And, and to be quite honest, we actually have beaten the top 25 teams because I believe Colorado got ranked this week. So that, you know, we're going to go back and say that we beat a top 25 team <laughs> back then, but, but we certainly are beating that and, and playing with that caliber of teams. Uh, so tonight, Texas, they're 13-5, and 4-1, and one, come off a win over Iowa State. They, they pose so many different problems. 
but but rebounding is is huge for them. They average in Big Twelve play almost fifteen offensive rebounds. So how how do you stop that tonight? Yeah, it's going to take a, a, a committed team effort and a lot of toughness. Um, I mean, we're going to have to put a body on somebody every single possession. Um, you know, we're going to have to get super tough, and we're just going to have to try to limit their paint touches as much as possible because once they get in the paint, and I'm talking about even just on a rebound, their paint touches, um, because once they get in the paint, we're going to have a difficult time keeping them off the, off the glass just because of their size and, and athletic ability. Yeah, they uh, they average almost thirty seven in the paint, and uh, but you you guys have done a pretty good job of that. Now, one one last thing for you, or a couple last things for you. Um, so against Kansas State, you went smaller, and it seemed like you were able to get back on transition defense uh, and get set up. And obviously, making shots helps that. But will we see some of that uh, as well tonight, where you you may go a little bit smaller and and be able to try to get back and get set up defensively uh, as opposed to relying on on the two bigs. Yeah, you know, I think it's gonna. We're gonna have to do a little bit of both. Um, we we have our bigs are gonna have to play tonight to help us rebound the basketball and to to have our own inside presence. I mean, I think that Big Jazz and Ella both can can do some things in the paint for us, and they're gonna have to play tough and physical. But I also think that. The, the smaller lineup is our better scoring lineup. And so I think that poses a problem for them to match up against us. So, you know, uh, you, you will see a little bit of both. Um, definitely transition defense is going to be a key in rebounding. Those are the two things that I think are the biggest thing for us defensively. And then offensively is just handling their pressure and being poised. But um, we definitely have been a team that has had different lineups and different um, styles all year long, and I think you're going to have to see a little bit of, of all of that tonight. All right, Coach, thanks very much. Looking for a big crowd tonight and uh, looking to uh, to see what we can do uh, tonight against Texas. And, of course, we'll have it on the radio for you, but we'd love to have your, your face in that place. Right? Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on tonight and all your coverage and all the things that you do for us. And I do. I want to encourage everyone to please come out and just support us and give us that home court advantage. All right. That's uh, Krista Gerlich, head coach of the Lady Raiders. You'll see her tonight on the sideline as Texas Tech takes on Texas at United Supermarkets Arena. The tip is at 7 o'clock this evening on uh, 100. Point seven the score and 107.7 Yes FM. You can see it live and in person too, Jamie. Well, if it has the chippiness that last year's game in Austin had with the Longhorns, then you'll be in for a treat. You'll be in for a treat. Well, you know, mm-hmm. you'd like chippiness to go with... And the uh, win. It came with the win, Go too. with the win, right, yeah. right. And, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, maybe that edge, you know, helps you uh, when you're, you know, taking on a team that, uh, that comes in like they do with you know, the, the size and, and uh, the expectation and coming off of a win. You're coming off of a big win as well at, uh, at K-State. And, and I think the other thing um, that, this, that has helped this team is, is that they've done a better job of taking care of the basketball in the Big 12. Um, so can that continue tonight? And specifically, somebody that took a, did a better job of taking care of the basketball uh, the other night was Bree Scott against Kansas State. So she limited her turnovers, and, and then she drew 12 fouls uh, against K-State because she was able to get inside. Like in, in Big 12 play, uh, Tech is averaging 13 turnovers a game, but for the regular year, they were at almost like 16 a game. So they're down about three turnovers a game or so in, uh, in Big 12 play versus, uh, versus the entire season. So see, we'll the, see. The, the team is absolutely getting better, but we know someone that doesn't have to get better. 
And that's Chuck Hines, who's got Krista Gerlich's back tonight at the scorer's table. See that <laughs> happening. Right. He's there ready to go. I was just, I was there, there, I was just curious more than anything else. I wasn't going to jump into the fray because I, I know my, I know you, my spot. You can tell Jamie. a great story, Chuck. We know you were ready to rumble. We, I, uh, we saw you. I know how to stay in my lane. The <laughs> question is whether I will stay in my lane. Now, the question is which one you think is your lane? It's a very large lane. It is a very large lane. Marsha Sharp, both sides, doesn't quite cover it. Yeah, it, 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 is, a, it is a very large lane. I do feel like that... Uh, that's kind of something I kind of look at and go, mm, that, there's gray area on both sides of the lane. Much like a parking spot, right, Jamie? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> this has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.